0: Good morning, it is Friday, January 20th. It is six minutes after 11. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and you're listening to 93WIBC. So, Rob, have you ever seen the movie We Are the Millers? Stars Jason Sudeikis and Jennifer Aniston. Were the Millers? No, nothing. No, it's comedy. Okay, so there's a part of the movie where one of the young boys gets a tattoo on his chest. Oh. And the tattoo is supposed to say, no regrets. Oh, yeah. But instead it says, no regrets. <laughs> and he says that he has no regerts and Jason Sudeikis looks at him and says, not even a single letter, huh? <laughs> And as I was preparing for this story, I just kept picturing that movie in my mind because Joe Biden said yesterday that he has no (laughs) regrets regarding his handling of the documents following the discovery of those classified documents in multiple locations. He said, I think we're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. He went on to say there's going to be no there there. And he also said that he's following what the lawyers have told him to do,
1: isn't that interesting when he keeps saying his spin on the lawyers, like those are your lawyers. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're it's like the government is telling you what to do. You're doing what your your mm-hmm. lawyers who work for you, who you pay, tell you what to do. No kidding. Yeah he's taken direction from them but he tries to when he, when you hear that and you hear him say it you think oh he's doing what the government lawyers no you're doing what your lawyers mm-hmm. are telling you to do which is a save your ass mm-hmm. but the, and so this comes back to almost what we what we talked about the last couple of segments with Joe Hogsett and the refusal of anyone in Indianapolis media to ask him where he was during the riots he has no regrets because he's banking on, as has almost always been done, the media won't hold him accountable. Now, again, the one time the media held him accountable, he cratered, which was Afghanistan, because clearly all those people died. They couldn't hide that. Mm -hmm. I think this is something similar is happening here because of the way they're treating the media over it, because they've always been able to bully and abuse the media, because the media... Is in the tank for the Biden administration because most of them are radical leftists.
0: Until you start making the media look bad.
1: Yes, perfect. You,
0: and turn them into liars on your behalf. Yes. And then it changes.
1: And it is getting so bad now that not only CNN, but now also NPR. Mm-hmm is getting in on the game too this is an npr reporter her name is Ozma khalid and she's talking about how the reporters on cnn so an npr reporter on cnn <laughs> complaining about how they're getting the runaround from biden over these documents
0: i mean i think that there's a frustration i can say generally speaking i hope i'm not overgeneralizing amongst many reporters because there has been i think um A sense that there was, that the White House has not been as forthcoming as journalists would like with the information and the timeline. I mean, the first batch of documents were discovered shortly after the midterms. That was not disclosed until CBS broke the story. So now there's pictures of Hunter Biden coming out in his dad's Corvette. That's raising questions about his access to the classified documents. And there's this conservative group that claims that they found more pictures that date back to 2017 when the documents were, as Trump puts it, the wet garage so who had access and we've been told that the secret service did not have a list of people going in and out but now the secret service has come out and said yeah no we, we have a list of people and it's a whole bevy of people who were going in and out of the house in Delaware when the classified documents were there but it remains a a White House blackout as far as the press corps goes.
1: You can't get a straight answer from the government. And that should be the most alarming thing to everyone is that multiple agencies of the federal government mm-hmm. appear to be dodging and deflecting, revealing pertinent information that every American has a right to know, look, we know the story with Trump. We know he took them. We know where he put them. We know he disagreed on whether he had to give them back, and we know that that is something that is still in dispute. But we know where, that he took them. We know where he put them. There is nobody who's disputing the chain of custody. There's nobody saying, "Oh my gosh, people were you know, pilfering through that closet, etc." And reasonable people can disagree, and that can get sorted out. With Biden, we have no answers to any of this.
0: Well, they tried to ask him yesterday. He's in California, and he's talking about climate change, of course. And somebody asked him a question, and he didn't answer. He said, "We're you know... Why are you asking me about this? We're here to talk about climate change. He tried to change the subject. So we've got two presidents, two tranches of classified documents, two special counsel investigations, and the White House won't say anything. And Matt Gates is coming out and he's saying, well, there's an element to this that feels like the Democrats are trying to take out Joe Biden. And the rep from Tennessee says that there's just been so much chaos regarding these documents that it'll be tough to prosecute.
2: Well, I think the Democrats really had two problems. One was the the midterm elections. And the second, of course, is Joe Biden. You notice they waited, I think, what, 40 days pr- after they actually, the Justice Department found these files. And now they can't uh, pump them out fast enough to where they're, you know, these, they're finding these classified um, documents. So I think, it, it's of course, it's a double standard. Uh, they didn't raid his house, they didn't raid his residency, but I think it's pretty clear to me that the Democrats want rid of Joe Biden. That's why none of them have apparently been briefed on the contents, to, uh, contents of what was in these files, which to me, I find is, is very unusual. And uh, and so they can kind of keep plausible deniability. And you combat that with the fact that he is an albatross around their neck, and as well as the vice president. And I suspect his own people uh, were the ones who dug deep enough. It's very Clinton esque of, of the Democrats to do this at this point.
1: Yeah, so that was Andy Ogles. He's a U.S. rep from Tennessee.
0: Mm-hmm. Why does Joe Biden want to run? Does he really think he's the best person for the job? Really? We know he wants the control. He wants the power. He wants the money. Hasn't he made enough? Like, at what point do you have to be honest with yourself and cut your losses? Well, well, it's been a good run for 50 years. I made a whole lot of money. Let's yeah, get out.
1: Yeah, but if scheming and scamming is all you've ever known and, and essentially absolute power that comes with it. Why would you ever give that up? He's never been forced to give that up. Think about, despite Joe, uh, Joe Hawk said despite Joe Biden's, hmm. whoops, Freudian slip there. Yeah. Joe Biden's severe limitations, right? Like, I mean, mentally, audibly, I mean, Joe Biden you wouldn't hire him to run you you would not you would never want your, the success of your company to hinge on joe biden being in charge of that company and yet despite that and the fact that he has been a scammer and a schemer and has enriched himself and has done many many it appears uh, terrible things in terms of selling access etc um he has really never lost. I mean, I mean. now he lost a couple of times when he ran for president in a Democrat primary, but he was still a United States senator. Mm-hmm. He still became the vice president. He's always had a job for 50 years, grifting off the taxpayers and acquiring more power at each and every turn.
0: Well, he's also had the media on his side for the most part, sure. and they're starting to turn on him as well. But, so it's going to be an uphill battle on every front.
1: But you don't when you have done it as long as he has, and you've always had something in your pocket like that, you never assume it won't be there and you never assume that it won't last forever. Mm-hmm. And even if there are minor, you know, scrums or whatever the word is, tussles, whatever, look at Afghanistan. They grilled him pretty good on Afghanistan. His ratings went in the toilet, and then Media said, oh crap we're really harming this guy, and we need him, we better cut this out, and then the Afghanistan story went away, Mm -hmm. and they uh, have not done anything in terms of holding him accountable since, so why would he think that this will last? Why would he think anything other than, it's just another bump in the road, we'll do what we do, Mm -hmm. and they'll get in line when all's said and done because they don't want Trump to be president?
0: It's all about not having Trump again. These two and their relationship is so symbiotic. And I would think at some point somebody would say to him, it's time to retire. It's time to take a step back. However, (laughs) no U.S. president has voluntarily left the White House after a single four-year term since Hayes in 1881.
1: All right, Casey, when we come back, Mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell said something yesterday that confirms everything we already knew. The debt ceiling will be raised. Mm -hmm. Republicans will eventually fold. And the only way he would know that's going to happen is if his old buddy, Kevin McCarthy, has assured him that's (laughs) what's going to happen.
0: Okay, it's on the way from 93 WIBC. 19 minutes after 11, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's take a look at some trending stories. Brad Pitt quietly listing his longtime L.A. compound. This isn't a house. This isn't a mansion. No, it's a compound for the low, low price of $40 million. I know you have that right there in your pocket.
1: Do you get to meet Brad Pitt as part of this.
0: Meet him. How about a night with him? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, $40 okay.
1: million. Dollars. Casey, Come on. What, whatever. Look, <laughs> not that there's any. Whatever you do, you. How about that?
0: I didn't say what you had to do for the night. You could just, you oh, know, sure. have a meal or yes. something. Uh-huh. But yeah, $40 million. Also trending ahead of the pinkiest holiday of the year, Valentine's Day. Hershey's rolling out a slate of new products and seasonal favorites like the Hershey's Kisses chocolate dipped strawberry flavor. There's also going to be the Reese's peanut butter cup heart shaped box. Also the Rolo creamy caramels and Hershey's milk chocolate hearts Bars for the love of your life, and finally trending party city filing for chapter eleven what yes, well, I mean, can you imagine two years of lockdowns and not being able to have any fun or or congregate and Large groups of people, the yeah, place that makes true. their money off of yeah, party that's a good supplies. Point.
1: Yeah, okay, I yeah. see it.
0: Filing for Chapter Eleven. Okay, so you want to talk about Mitch McConnell, huh? Yes. He said yesterday that he's not worried that a financial crisis could be looming due to a fight over the debt ceiling. He's confident the U.S. will never default on its debt.
1: Now. Based on the words mm-hmm. coming out, uh, and by the way, I'd like to point out we have passed the Thursday deadline, and we're all still here. Mm-hmm. We're all still uh, taking nourishment, and we all went to work today. And so, uh, I guess the Thursday deadline wasn't really much of a deadline. Mm. And well, what now is it's a
0: soft suggestion. Now huh?
1: it's now it's June. I've mm-hmm. heard June, but then I, I love this. I read an article yesterday that said, well, due to Biden's actions on suspending student loan debt, it could be faster than June. Oh, so because the president spent a bunch of money we don't have, mm-hmm. the Republicans should just agree to raise the debt ceiling so we can spend a bunch more money we don't have. Mm-hmm. Somehow, Biden's illegal suspension of student loan debt is the problem of the people who are trying to get spending under control. Like this is the this is the crux of everything, right? Where you should just. Always raise the debt ceiling because we must pay our debts. Well, but they won't stop spending money. Doesn't matter. You should always raise the debt ceiling so we can pay our debts. But Mitch McConnell saying this is telling you everything we've been telling you, which is right now the words from the Republicans are, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to get spending under control and we're going to fight and we're not even close on a debt ceiling agreement and this and that. Well, Mitch McConnell ain't sweating it. And if Mitch McConnell ain't sweating it, Mm -hmm. it's because Mitch McConnell knows how the cards are coming out of the deck. And the only way Mitch McConnell would know how the cards are coming out of the deck in the House of Representatives is if the guy who's in charge of dealing the cards, Kevin McCarthy, has told him how the cards are going to get dealt.
0: Gave him a little pat on the head and said, they're there. Don't worry. Well, he was at University of Louisville and Mitch McConnell did say during one of his events that no, he's not concerned about a financial crisis. Of course, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said that she's going to resort to extraordinary measures so that we don't default on our debt payments. But then she went on to say that debt, the suspension period will last through June. So this is, it's a moving date. It's very fluid. Casey,
1: in one day, apparently she took extraordinary measures mm-hmm. to not have anything bad happen for six, for uh, five months. <laughs> That's a really, uh, these people, and we talked about this yesterday, this is what they do. They fear they deceive, they manipulate, they lie. And American people, because they're largely uninformed and largely apathetic, usually just roll over and go along with it.
0: Well, and she also said that the extraordinary measures can last it's considerable uncertainty, yeah. which means it's a, a moving target.
1: Well, and they knew the new word they have now is X date. That's the thing they're calling it. It's the X date. And oh. they're saying, well, the the X date may might have to be moved up dramatically because of Biden's actions on student loan debt. So again, Biden did the thing Mm -hmm. that we're trying to stop, and because Biden did the bad thing, then we should do the other bad thing to make up for Biden doing the bad thing, that he's not going to stop doing the bad thing unless we don't do this thing.
0: Okay. Makes perfect sense. (laughs) Do you want to talk about the Supreme Court or Al Gore? I'm going to let you pick your poison Uh, right now. Let's talk
1: about the Supreme Court real quick.
0: Okay, so they came out, you know, they've been doing that investigation about the leak on the Roe v. Wade ruling that came out. And they said that they... They, they couldn't find anything. Of course
1: they couldn't, Casey. <laughs> Pretty much, that's what it Of course. Okay, so it's not like there, we had 1,000 possible suspects here. Mm-hmm. There is a very finite group of people who would have had access to this mm-hmm. and could have done this.
0: Yeah, they said... Possibly 100 employees.
1: And I guarantee you, if it had been something that the conservatives would have helped conservatives, they would have gone to the ends of the earth to find it. Now, here's what's interesting about this. I was reading a little bit about this investigation. It is not clear, and if it's not clear, it means it probably didn't happen, that these judges were in any way, shape, or form interviewed. And I have long thought that the judges, Mm -hmm. one of them was probably, if not the actual leaker, him or herself in cahoots mm-hmm. with whoever did it. So I look when you look at, and, and we talked about this before, I think Elena Kagan is a pretty decent person. I disagree with her political philosophy, but I think she's a pretty decent person and reasonable people can disagree. And she just has a different view of the role of government and what's constitutional, what's not, fine. Someone like Sonia Sotomayor, she is an idiot and she is a vengeful partisan person. And if you're not interviewing these judges to me, every, every, and by when I say these judges, I'm talking about every single one of them, all nine of them, then you're not doing your job because all nine of those people on the left and the right, but let's face it, the left, the four, the, well, I don't think it'd be Robert. So the three lefties, and I don't think Breyer, would do it. And I don't think Kagan would do it. Sonia Sotomayor, I'm looking at you. (laughs) The fact that these judges were apparently not interviewed... Well, then, no, you're not probably going to find the leaker because I think one of these judges, and I've long thought, one of them either did it or certainly knows who did it.
0: Mm-hmm. So the investigators interviewed about 100 court employees, and 82 of them had access to electronic and even hard copies of the draft. <laughs> like, But as you mentioned, they'll, they'll ask all of these 100 employees, but but not the actual judges. And some of the employees admitted that they told their spouses about it. But they're they're not going to name who the actual leaker was. Uh, it's not necessarily a, a criminal offense, but it is an employment issue that they should find out who did it and take corrective action there.
1: All right, Casey, we got some more phone calls that we didn't get to the last segment. Perfect. And uh, we don't want to let our audience down. Would it be all right if we get to some of those when we come Sounds back? Sounds good
0: to me. Perfect. Voicemails on the way with Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. One seven six eight four eight four four four. With your questions, comments, and smart remarks, it's time for your voicemails. 11.32 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
1: Yeah, sometimes we throw in an extra segment of voicemails on Friday because mm-hmm. it's the last day we'll get to talk to you in the week, and there were a lot of good voicemails. So, Casey, yesterday we had talked about um, people not being taught and understanding history, and mm-hmm. we talked about this related to obviously when Lisa Marie Presley passed away, Graceland has been willed to her three living children, Mm -hmm. her daughters. And we had talked about, you know, we have no idea about whether the importance of Graceland, the importance of her father, what that means to so many people was instilled on those people, on her children. Mm -hmm. And as such, what will become of graceland will they sell off their shares when you've got three people owning something how does all of that work and it's more and more younger generations are not taught the importance of hanging on to things, family heirlooms, things that were important to the people who came before, as a way to be able to tell the stories of Mm -hmm. people who came before, Mm -hmm. and we are literally just erasing history, and if you don't understand history, you're doomed to repeat history, and Mm -hmm. so we got a a call about that.
2: Hey, guys. Michael from Carmel. My second call today, which is unusual. Um, Rob is so dead on about history. I bet you 90% of the high school graduates and even college graduates couldn't tell you where Normandy is hmm. or what date D-Day was. And probably 0.001% of the population can name you the five beaches, which are Utah, Omaha, Gold, Sword, and Juneau. So this history thing is very important, but these people today don't know dilly Squat. Hmm.
1: Operation Overlord. Yeah, and if you know and there's it's it's deliberate, right? Because if you know history and if you revere history and you cherish history, then you are more apt to understand the mistakes mm-hmm. of previous people and previous generations and what has worked and what has not worked and more importantly, you know how special liberty and freedom and self-reliance was to the people who made this country what it was and the left clearly wants does not want that and Mm -hmm. the fastest way to do that is to eradicate that Mm -hmm. from the the uh lexicon of future generations yeah
0: absolutely i bet if you were to ask young people even hey what do you know about richard nixon right they they may say something like watergate right but do they know that he was one of the most popular pres- presidents ever? Right. His approval ratings were through the roof. He won re-election by a very wide margin, a biggest margin before or since. But they're holding on to one little
1: thing. And one of the major parts of this, and I, my dad has been really good about this in terms of family history, is... When you understand, and I'm not just talking about your grandfather, but I'm talking about generations that came before, the sacrifices that those people made, it first of all, it gives you a much greater appreciation for what you have and how easy you have it. But you also develop, um, you develop a certain understanding of of the things that mattered and the things that were important to the people who made it possible for you to be here Mm -hmm. and those things are really special like I just like we were talking about just we see fewer and fewer people who really really engage and engage in that sort of understanding of what came before Uh, more people Casey wanted to talk about the moon (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and of course we were totally right. The moon rises in the east and sets in the west and that lady who was
0: mm-hmm.
1: very well, I don't know if she was mean, I don't know if that's the right word, but she adamant. was adamant, yes, that we were just totally wrong and didn't know anything. Well, I noticed she <laughs> hasn't called back either. Uh but somebody did call somebody else did call about the moon.
2: Hey, this is Russ. I'm sixty nine and listening to your moon and sun uh talk. Uh, There are multiple times during the year that both the moon and the sun are out during the daytime. Has this lady that you were talking about never seen that? Um, Just thought I'd throw that out. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Bye. Mm
0: -hmm. No. This all started from Chelsea Handler. Yeah. Saying that she was too old to admit she never knew they were two separate celestial bodies. Right.
1: (laughs) Which, again, would raise the questions right. we have talked about. You will be able to see the moon going down mm-hmm. as the sun is coming up at you know, certain times of the year, et cetera. How did you think that happened? And, again, when you see the sun going up and the moon going down, which was this lady who called it, was like she was so adamant that maybe I'm just – totally missing something Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Which is a good reminder that people can convince you you're wrong and you go with your own facts rather than what somebody else tells you because clearly that lady was the only one who didn't have any idea what she was talking about and we were totally right. All right, that's the end of the moon conversation. If you call about the moon going forward... Good
0: night, moon!
1: We're not going to play any more moon phone calls. Uh, One other call. I forgot what it was. Kevin surprised me.
2: Hey guys, talking about actors. This is Michael from Carmel. To quote President Joe Biden, I only have one word. Actor Dustin Hoffman. One word. Thanks.
0: Bye.
2: See what he did there.
0: I get it. Yeah. We
2: we, of course we were talking about
1: the Mount Rushmore of actors Mm -hmm. and is Harrison Ford Mm -hmm. the greatest actor of all time in the sense of, you know, repeated commercial success, repeated roles that have been hits. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in terms of just Straight acting, but when you put it all together, and we were throwing other names out there like Tom Cruise or or um, uh, Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and we did not have Dustin Hoffman on the list. He's got to be on there in terms of mm-hmm. repeated, sustained. Success, And in the case of Dustin Hoffman, unlike a Harrison Ford or Tom Cruise, who are not great actors, Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. is a great actor. Right. And somebody else had
0: mentioned Clint Eastwood. Yes. And then... Well, was, Bruce Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis was one. But would you consider Tom Cruise a great actor
1: no. or a great movie star? No, that's what I'm saying. Tom Cruise is not an actor. He's a movie star. Bruce, I would... Bruce Willis I get hung up on because he was so good in the sixth Sense, mm-hmm. which involved acting. That was actual acting. But then, like most of his movies are movie star type movies. Mm-hmm. although he was good in moonlighting, too, which was acting.
0: he's so, good in Pulp fiction. I don't know. yeah.
1: so I, uh, I don't know. Robert de Niro, actor. Mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman, actor, but Tom Cruise, Harrison Ford, movie stars.
0: You don't think Harrison Ford's a good actor? No, I think he's a movie. More of
1: a- I think he's a movie star. I think his roles, generally, while he is a he is good at being a movie star in a variety of roles. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's never been a Harrison Ford role where I would say I can't picture anyone else other than Harrison Ford being that person. Han Solo? No, I can I could picture a whole bunch of people. There's really not, like, okay, Casey. Godfather. Mm-hmm. Can you picture anyone other than Marlon Brando being the Godfather? No. Uh, 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 Ray, uh, Rain Man. Can you picture anyone other than Dustin Hoffman being Rain Man? Oh, boy. No, because it's just so. Exactly. Ingrained. And it's an incredibly challenging role to play. You can picture. A hundred people being Indiana Jones. You can picture a hundred people being the fugitive. It,
0: I can't picture anybody else being Indiana Jones.
1: There's no acting involved in that. That's a movie star. There's no but acting that's involved. that's Harrison Ford. I because mean, you saw Indiana him as, you, Jones. Could, you could have made a hundred other people Indiana Jones. Doesn't mean they would have been as good as Harrison Ford. No, but they, not every one of them, but you could have had other people be Indiana Jones. All right. Bruce Willis mm-hmm. You could have Bruce Willis could have been Indiana Jones It's just a, an action guy Where a guy's running away From things Cracking a whip
0: I don't know Harrison Ford just has that It's that
1: Well you love person- Harrison Ford I, You're enamored with Harrison Ford We all yeah. know that Well, the, well yeah. you're biased I mean he's Indiana Jones And he's Han Solo yeah, Exactly of You're biased But I'm saying in terms of Actual acting When we're talking about uh, uh, Raging Bull could you picture anybody other than Robert De Niro being raging bull? That is incredible. An incredible acting job by Robert De Niro.
0: No, but you know what? Going back to the Indiana Jones thing, you know, the scene where the guy has the big knife and he's ready to get in the fight and Indiana Jones just takes out the gun and says, uh-huh. this is over. That was all impromptu. and, that was Harrison Ford who did that.
1: You couldn't picture Bruce Willis pulling out a gun and pulling the trick. I don't know. If That's Bruce the whole Will- Die Hard movie is funny stuff after he kills people. I don't know people. if Bruce Willis
0: would have done that, and if he would have done it, would it have been as good and would it have made it into the movie would they've edited it out?
3: Kevin. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about Robert De
1: Niro? Yes.
3: Have you seen Taxi Driver?
1: Oh yes. Big oh, fan? An- an- another one. Uh, uh, meet the Parents? <laughs> Okay, a bunch of people could have been <laughs> meet the parents, Kevin. You were you were moving in a strong direction. You were now moving out <laughs> Jinxy, of the strong the direction. The, you, you know that character? You, uh, you could also say, like, uh, what's the, uh, Cape Fear. Robert De Niro is phenomenal in Cape Fear and that is a phenomenal acting job to turn yourself into the Max Cady character. So maybe You are we- letting your lust for Harrison Ford cloud your judgment over his actual <laughs> acting ability. Maybe
0: we need to put Robert De Niro on the list. Hey, I just read something yesterday that I didn't know. Part of Rain Man, because you mentioned Rain Man, yes. was filmed in Indiana?
1: I did not know that. I didn't know that. I had no idea.
0: Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, maybe I'll write about that
3: today. Perfect. Well, that, that's kind of cool too because you were also talking about Richard Dreyfuss yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking about Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes. Yeah, and that's set in Muncie, Indiana.
0: Was that was that yeah, filmed right. in Muncie? Yes, was, yes. I don't know if it was
3: actually no, filmed was, there, but it, was, but it was it was, it was oh, set okay. there. But yeah, I mean, Indiana's a popular place. And
1: if we're going to talk about <laughs> underrated, underappreciated actors, mm-hmm. Craig T. Nelson has to be at the top of the list. <laughs> Who? Craig T. Nelson,
3: <laughs> uh,
0: Poltergeist, Coach. I think, oh, okay, I think you're gonna have to do a little more mentoring <laughs> session. <You're> really? Li- <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: What? Okay, two things. Yeah. First of all, yeah. before you answer, I'm just going to ask the question. I can't believe you're... Well, that's more of a statement. So let me make a statement. Then I'm going to make a statement to Kevin. <laughs> okay. I can't believe you're paying $4 for a carton of eggs. Yeah, that's what they cost. I'm also very disappointed in you that I told you I wanted to hear My Back Pages by the birds, mm-hmm. and you had an entire show to get that in, and you were playing... Who knows what half that crap was? I I was Ohio. uh, Look, I I know what that one was. Oh, okay.
3: I feel well. That that, that, by the way, is I think that's the best Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young song.
1: Well, I'm not arguing, but Uh, but I had one request.
3: I do feel really bad about that. Um, Do you feel slighted? I think I'm gonna have to make it up for you. Well, no, Uh, it's fine.
1: I mean, I know you didn't do it intentionally. Although I told you before the end, I'd like to hear my back page. And you said, "No, I already have my song that I'm gonna play." So,
3: well, you know what? On Monday. Start the day off with that song. Oh. And then we're gonna make the rest of the day Harry Chapin Day.
0: <laughs>
1: just for you. <laughs> no, we're not. All right. So uh <laughs> let's talk about you paying four dollars for a carton of eggs. Why are you doing this? That's what they cost. Yeah, but that's my point. Like why are you why are you giving in? Why are you not
0: What do you want me to do? Go without eggs? Well,
1: yeah, what would happen if you went without eggs? Oh, what would God. be the worst thing?
0: I can't have my brownies because it takes one egg
1: okay in so the, the in the brownie mix yeah okay so along this along with
0: the vegetable oil and the water
1: this is the thing mm-hmm. remember my wife and i had this conversation yeah. several months ago mm-hmm. in which it was like $93 for her to make a batch of brownies <laughs> that we could have bought at the store for like $2 mm-hmm. or maybe not $2 but not $90 mm-hmm. why don't you just buy the brownies uh,
0: because I, mean, I, I i don't know i <laughs> it's the brownie Do mix. you enjoy making buy, them? It's all right. It doesn't take long. It's like a
1: five-minute so, process. So you know, cause the put it I get, all
0: together and throw it in the oven.
1: The excuse I got was I really enjoy making them. It's like a hobby for me, and then I felt really bad because I was like-
0: Oh, no, it's it, not like that. I
1: was uh, I enjoy challenging eating my wife in hobby. Okay, so you don't like look forward to making the brownies. You
0: no, know, but I like eggs. I like a, a little egg sandwich. Get a little toasted bagel and put an egg on there uh-huh. with some cheese. Yeah. That's uh that's good. Um, I like scrambled eggs yeah. and over easy eggs. I know you don't like eggs. Not
1: really, that though much. I did today I uncovered that McDonald's has two egg McMuffins for five dollars. Mm-hmm. Has so, the
0: price of your egg McMuffin gone up?
1: Well, that's more it used to be two for four dollars. But I did feel like given that I think a regular egg McMuffin is like mm-hmm. three fifty or something, that mm-hmm. seemed like a good value, so I took advantage of mm-hmm. it. However, your carton of eggs mm-hmm. cost almost as much as my two egg McMuffins, mm-hmm. which includes everything, and it took me no effort whatsoever other than to press the little kiosk thing and then slide my cart in.
0: Well, my carton of eggs will last longer than one meal though.
1: Because- yeah, but you gotta work for it. <laughs> There was no work for me waltzing into that McDonald's, clicking the little kiosk thing, and then sliding my card in, and then they read my number.
0: So egg prices are up 60%, but have you seen the memes that are going around with the egg in a jewelry box?
1: (laughs) Yes. He he went to Kroger. Yes. Uh, So that would be, let's see, so there's 12 eggs in a thing, right? It's a Mm -hmm. dozen eggs? Yes. So for $4, Mm -hmm. you would get three eggs for a dollar. Is that... Is that right? Yeah, I'm right on that. So it'd be three eggs for a dollar. So you're paying 33 cents an egg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not paying 33 cents an egg. I'm drawing the line on that. I would pay 10 cents an egg. I would give you $0.10 cents for an egg. But not 33 I would not do $0.33 cents for an egg.
0: Attempts to smuggle eggs into the United States from Mexico wait, and Canada what? What are you saying? is on the rise.
1: You can't bring an egg in from People Mexico? People are
0: to smuggle in eggs, you, and you can be fined up to $10,000 for doing that. Wait, wait, wait.
1: We got to go back. You cannot bring an egg. Like, if you go if you go to Mexico, and let's say you have relatives that live in Mexico, and they have chickens, and they say, here's our uh, prized chicken laid an egg for you, you you could be subject to ramifications from the federal government?
0: Yes. The Department of Agriculture says that egg and poultry seizures have risen by 108% just in the past three months
1: alone. Why would the government care if you bring an egg back from Mexico? possible reason other than just to be awful and horrific, which I get that's what government does most, why would they care if you bring an egg back from Mexico?
0: <laughs> I don't know why, but it's one of those things you have to declare. And the Customs and Border Protection people said they've recently noticed an increase in the number of eggs intercepted at our ports of entry.
1: So you're telling me that if I went to Mexico and I came back from Mexico mm-hmm. and they would say, do you have anything to declare? I would say, yes, this egg. A
0: carton of eggs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And would they let me have it in if I declared it? If I said, here's my carton of eggs? would Or would they say, no, you cannot come into the country with those eggs? I don't
0: eggs? know. There's some things that you can't bring into the country. Some foods and...
1: Is it like... like you, I see on On Patrol Live sometimes, the cops will pull someone over who has an open container of liquor, but they're not drinking it, they're mm-hmm. not drunk, and they mm-hmm. will just say, bro, I can't let you roll down the road with that. You got to toss that out. And they're like, oh man, it was like 20 bucks. Well, would you rather go to jail? No, I'll toss the liquor. And then the guy cries as he pours out his his bottle of vodka mm-hmm. or whatever. Is it like that? You must d- smash these eggs at the border, or like, do you go to jail if you have the eggs? <laughs> will they allow you to pour out your eggs like they would the liquor on <laughs> On Patrol Live?
0: Well, you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet, don't you?
1: Yeah. So I just can't believe you're willing to pay that
0: I, it's, I, I don't want to pay it. It's not like I'm excited. You know, going to the grocery store used to be an okay experience. Yeah. Now it's becoming
1: depressing. The egg people are forcing you? Like, are they holding a gun when you go you down the egg aisle? You must buy eggs. You must buy these eggs?
0: I'm not the only person who's purchasing eggs.
1: No, I understand, but you're the only person here who's purchasing eggs. Because I guarantee when Kevin goes to his Russian deli and is b- buying saber, Cyber Tiger or whatever mm-hmm. that is that you buy at the uh, Russian deli, you're not saying, hey, throw me some eggs in there. Hey, you uh, may. Yeah, I usually just
3: get bologna <laughs> at
0: the at the deli. Yeah. At the high-end deli.
3: pierogies too. They're pretty mm-hmm. good.
0: You're a food snob, aren't you? I'm, I'm just going to call it like I see it. You're a foodie. You're a food snob.
3: Yeah, I prefer uh, foodie. Yes, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Is Very Ke- much so. But mm-hmm. Kevin is a
1: world traveler, and I <laughs> uh-huh. would expect that. And that's why Kevin and I, when we have our little mentoring sessions, <laughs> we talk about different things we've done in our lives. I'm that are- a
0: world traveler, too, Rob. Yeah, Casey I've been, is a world traveler. I've been
1: out of the country. You didn't live there. You well, didn't like, he lived look, in Germany. He did, he went to school in Germany. I would expect Kevin has done horrific, awful, terrible, undescribable things to himself because he studied abroad.
3: Casey is a world traveler, too. We are all, well, you're not a world traveler. No, I am
1: not. I'm at, I don't, I, I do not leave the greater central Indiana area at this point. So you would expect Rob is incredibly boring mm-hmm. and has never done anything uh, to himself that he's. Outwardly ashamed of I've done some things That were not good for me But nothing Mm -hmm. I was Outwardly ashamed of Mm -hmm. You two on the other hand Mm -hmm. If you had not done something If you have traveled abroad I would be very disappointed (laughs) What a great way To wrap up our show
0: Oh, I've done some bad stuff, Rob. (laughs) I really, really have. (laughs) Living my penance every single day. Smuggling eggs over the border. Thank you, Rob. Good job, Kevin, and thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here Monday. It's Kennelly Casey on 93 WIBC. Have a wonderful weekend.